The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to shake up the status quo. In light of findings that 74% of all B2B and B2C buyers do their own research online before making a purchase, it's time for you to better understand how your customers make their purchasing decisions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the debut of our newest series. As you heard the gentleman say, this is Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers. Open your vistas, open your mind. We have so much to talk about, and we're going to start off in just a minute introducing you to the sponsor and idea creator for the show. But first off, let me do the usual. Mm. Welcome, welcome, welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're so in the right place. I can't even stand it. You know you are. Now the buzz on the street is get smart. Let's find out who should get smart about what the buyer's journey has changed radically in the digital economy from the customer's own pre-purchase research you just heard our intro guy talk about that to the ways the customers engage with your business everything has shifted it's a challenge it is a moving target maybe the important thing for you to ask is how can your business stay on top now let us count the ways I'm going to give you a little bit of a laundry list here number one you have to know how many times the prospect was exposed to your company before buying that's whether they saw a video whether they engaged in a social media chat whether they went to your website whether they read a blog so many ways number two you have to learn how to increase the display of trusted referrals we'll get into that later you have to understand what is the deciding purchase factor what make them makes them click that button say submit or purchase or go to deal or just pick up the phone and say hi here's my credit card I want to buy something and you have to have the right tools to measure your digital campaign ROIs yeah you gotta know what it's costing you and where the payoff is what's the bottom line three words knowledge is power so here we are talking about this today all I'll say is show up stay tuned and take notes first up on the panel of course our expert speak is Lorraine Maurice who refers to herself as a modern marketer she is driving b2b channel marketing social selling and partner success at SAP as I mentioned Lorraine is the sponsor and founder of this new series and she sent me a fascinating quote from Milton Berle now, I bet almost 80% of our listeners have no clue who Milton Berle was. I do. No, I'm not dating myself. Milton Berle lived from 1908 to 2002, which wasn't that long ago. He was an American comedian and actor, the host of NBC's Texaco Star Theater from 1948 to 1955. Yes, that was before my time. He was the first major American TV star and was known to millions of viewers as Uncle Milty and Mr. Television. That's all I'm going to tell you other than that he was a child actor. He was a 
biggie in vaudeville, and he even had a radio show in 1939 called Stop Me If You Heard This One, where panelists spontaneously finished jokes sent in by listeners. That's enough about Uncle Milty. Here's the quote. If opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Lorraine Maurice, congratulations on your new series. How are you today? Bonnie, thank you. I'm beyond excited for this series and for the opportunity. Well, we are thrilled to be welcoming you. And Lorraine, first, before we get into how you picked a quote from Mr. Television himself, Milton Berle, how did you come up with the idea for this show, this series? And just tell us in about a minute or so, what can our listeners expect in the next few months from this series, Lorraine? Well, the reason I came up with it is because, one, I've been a small business myself. Two, I'm an entrepreneur. And three, I'm now in a corporate role that really focuses on the success of small businesses. And I thought, how could I take relevant corporate information and make sure that it translates, it resonates, and then it's appropriate for building successful small to medium businesses? And that's where we came up with Think Big and then Work Small because it's really important for small businesses to take the relevant information available today, whether it's digital and social marketing, it's content management, or it's really just how to build a a business network and make Mm -hmm. that happen. Very, very exciting. So, Lorraine, I know you're way too young to remember Uncle Milty, but you picked (laughs) the quote. How did this quote get on your radar, you young person, you? And tell me, how does it apply to our topic today, talking about the digital economy, the digital path, focusing on your buyer's journey? What does this mean to us? Well, first of all, uh, thanks for the the young uh, inspir- the young uh, reference. I'll take that any day. Really, how it came to me is it's 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 graduation time, and there's a lot of kids going to college. And I mentored two young adults, and scholarships weren't falling in their lap. And I was trying to show them that they can do things. And as I was doing that, it was this op- this quote came to me, and I thought of it from a business perspective as well. Things don't just fall on our laps. You have to make things happen. And so in the business world, um, the, the transition of whether it's technology, you know, the evolution of the buyer's journey, the, the new digital way that not only um, things work, but the way people buy is part of our new opportunity. And if that new opportunity isn't just coming to us by osmosis, we need to make something happen. And that's why I chose it, because really it's up to us to make the opportunity happen. Thank you, Lorraine. Great start to our topic. And I want to give you one little other piece of trivia from Milton Berle's personal history. And I think he lived what this quote says. His given name was Mendel Berlinger. He lived in a five-story walk-up on West 118th Street in the Harlem neighborhood of Manhattan way back in the day, but he needed a professional name at age 16. Lorraine, he was already building a door at age 16, and he became Milton Burl. His mother was so stage-struck that when he became famous, she changed her name to Sandra Burl. So they built a couple of doors, and opportunity knocked, and they walked through it. What do you think of that, Lorraine? You know what? We all have to start with a good mother, and he had one, so that's fabulous. 
I love that. Thank you. And welcoming to the panel now is Brian Moran. He's no stranger to Game Changers. Brian has been on at least a couple of our other series. We're pleased to welcome him back. He's the founder and CEO of Brian Moran and Associates. Brian has selected a quote for us today from H. Jackson Brown, Jr. Now, most of you probably know who he is, an American author known for his inspirational book, Life's Little Instruction Book. It was a New York Times bestseller from 1991 to 1994, and its sequel, Volume 2, also was a bestseller in 1993. Uh, Very interesting that his first published, A Father's Book of Wisdom, was followed by a collection of sayings from his mother and father, and the book was called P.S. I Love You. Very, very interesting. And Brian, one more piece of trivia. Life's Little Instruction Book was the first book to ever occupy the number one spot on the New York Times bestseller list in both the paperback and the hardback formats simultaneously. Brian Moran said this following quote from H. Jackson Brown. Never let the odds keep you from doing what you know in your heart you were meant to do. Welcome back, Brian. How are you? Bonnie, I'm great. I'm so, I am thrilled to be here and I appreciate uh, you and Lorraine having me on your inaugural show. Well, it is an honor to have you, and I couldn't think of anybody better to do this. And so talk to me. Tell me, are you a big fan of H. Jackson Brown? Have you read the Life's Little Instruction book, Brian? (laughs) I just wrote it down, and I'm going to be buying it right after the show is over. The answer is um, I I am a huge fan of motivational and inspirational quotes. So this one grabbed me right when I saw it, and I actually found it on a magnet. So I have it on my filing cabinet in my office with about another handful of of, uh, quotes that I really have enjoyed and I've tried to follow over the years. Very interesting. And by the way, I'm going to give you a little a preview here. Um, Life's Little Instruction book was a going-away present for his college-bound son, Adam. Wow. It has 511 reminders about, quote, how to live a happy and rewarding life. Very, very interesting. So you're in for a treat. So tell me, never let the odds keep you from doing what you know in your heart you were meant to be. How does this re- meant to do? How does this relate to our, our topic and our focus on small businesses, thinking big, working small, Brian? Well, I, I think with with uh, business owners, the, the biggest challenge that they face is they get passionate about something. I mean, the ones who really want to build out a product or a service or a company and um, they're told by so many people, oh, you're never going to make it. You're never going to succeed. It's too hard. It's too competitive. They give you all of the reasons, you know, the people who sit on the sidelines and tell you why it can't be done. And so that, that's why this quote resonates so much with me, um, because you know in your heart that this is what you were meant to do. This is your passion. And what they don't realize is that your passion is going to be the thing that carries you through to help you make the sacrifices you need and to keep you on the path when you get knocked down. It keeps you, you know, getting back up again and again. There you go. There's that staying power. That's what you're going to need in business today. Thank you so much, Brian. A pleasure to talk with you again. And let's bring on our third panelist. He is a newcomer to Game Changers Radio. He is Steve Knapp. I'll spell that K-N-A-P-P, founder of Knapp Communications. And he has sent me an interesting quote from Amazing by Aerosmith. Let me give a little background. I had to look this up. Amazing is a power ballad 
performed by the American hard rock band Aerosmith. Don Henley lends his vocals, shadowing Steven Tyler in parts of this song. It was written by lead singer Steven Tyler, who, as we all know, has made many debuts, many many uh, cameos and more as a judge on American Idol on American TV with all of his uh, makeup and his beautiful shirts in parts of the song. He is a longtime band friend and collaborator of Richie Supa. I'm sure that means something. It peaked at number 24 on the Billboard Hot 100, number 3 on the mainstream rock track charts, and number 9 on the top 40 mainstream chart, and number 57 in the UK. The video for the song is well known for its depiction, here we come, of digital technology and was the second appearance of actress Alicia Silverstone in the band's videos. I'll just leave it there. Here's the quote Steve picked from Amazing. Life's a journey, not a destination, and I just can't tell just what tomorrow brings. Steve Knapp, welcome, and how are you today? I'm good, Bonnie. How about you? I'm fine. We're so happy to have you here. I met you on a prep call a couple of days ago and was so excited about your quote. So, Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about, are you a big fan of Aerosmith, and how does this quote fit our topic today, please? <laughs> well, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm normally a, a Stones fan. I'm a big-time uh, music person, and I enjoy a lot of different, uh, a lot of different styles, but I thought... Steven Tyler, probably in one of his more uh, lucid moments, really <laughs> said something Im- important here. So that, that's what drew me to that particular quote. And how does it relate? How would your advice be if somebody was to, were to pick up this line and in terms of small businesses looking at the, pri- the buyer's journey, at the digital economy? How would you uh, tell them to use that quote to do better in what they're trying to achieve? Well, I, I think when we start talking about digital and some of these things that we advise companies to do, that whole conversation can seem very intimidating. So what I, my takeaway from the, the quote or what I would want people to understand is that whether you're uh, part of a big company or, or like me, a single, single proprietor, uh, we're all pretty much in the same boat. We all face the same challenges. And the world is very unpredictable for all of us. Thank you very much, Steve. A pleasure to have you. Uh, You're not going to hum a few bars for us, are you? You want me to spare you, or would you like to hum a few bars of Amazing? I I don't know if this connection could stand it. You know, it probably (laughs) would break down. Thank you very much. Brian, you want to hum a few bars, or you're going to pass on that one, too? No, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with Steve. I don't think it's, uh, it's probably, I think you'd l- start to lose listeners. Lose listeners. We don't want to do that. Lorraine, yeah, are you yeah. familiar with the song? You want to hum a little bit? I am familiar, but like my two counterparts, I think it's better to pass at this time. <laughs> okay. And you know what? The, t- the three of you are lucky. I don't know how the song goes, so and I very often will hum a few bars or worse, so I will spare you the gory details. Thank you very much. Okay, so now it's time to find out a little bit about our panelists, a little more. We're going to circle back to lovely Lorraine Maurice. You don't mind if I say that? And I can see your smile in your picture. I know you're smiling because you're so excited about the debut of this series. Lorraine, where are you calling from what time of the day is it and what are you drinking that's powering you for a new radio series well bonnie i am in the southeast of the united states in atlanta georgia and it's uh, about two fifteen eastern daylight time and i'm originally from new york um, however i have lived in the south a long time so i can buy a drink um, and i call it um, half and half and what i mean by that is there's a southern drink called Sweet tea, which is sweet tea to the rest of us. 
Okay. And uh, with a southern mm-hmm. accent. But I have to cut mine in half with some unsweet tea. So uh, this uh, northern girl turned southern girl drinks half and half sweet tea, and that's what I'm drinking right now. I love that. And Lorraine, do you remember here on Long Island, we in New York, we have something called iced tea, and you have to be very careful if you don't say regular tea or cold tea because you're going to get a Long Island iced tea and it might knock you for a loop. You know that one, right? I do. Or the last time I was in New York, I got a hot tea and a glass of ice. So it's always a challenge when you leave the South. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I've had sweet tea. It's a little too sweet for me, and I'm a, I love sugar, but uh, you can keep your sweet tea. Thank you. Brian Moran, where are you? What are you drinking today, or what are you planning to drink after the show? So I am a little north of um, Lorraine. I'm in New Jersey, so the same time zone, and I am drinking seltzer, a nice cold glass of seltzer. Uh, I gave up uh, on soft drinks a couple of years ago and switched to seltzer, and so that's my power drink during the day. Well, I'm in New York, and I'm leaning forward to wave out my home office, my radio station office, we'll call it. Brian, I'm waving out the on the North Shore of Long Island. Can you see me if you're in New Jersey? It's a clear day. Can you see I, me I think waving? I can. I think I can. Is that you? With the curly red hair, curly <laughs> red hair in a blue dress and, and, huh? and lipstick, lots of very pretty pink uh, lipstick. Yep, so yep, that's that me. is. Yep. The red hair doesn't get you the lipstick. Well, thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure. And Steve Knapp, we want to know a little bit more about you. Where are you and what are you drinking today? I am uh, down uh, Lorraine's way, as a matter of fact. Uh, I'm in the uh, beautiful bucolic community of Serenby, which is an echo community south of Atlanta. We're kind of known for our organic stuff and our theater program and all our arts things. But uh, I've already had my seven cups of coffee today, so I'm pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty much uh, good on that account. But I am uh, bridging that with some water, and I think later I will uh, consider maybe some uh, – uh, I've developed a, a, a kind of a real hankering for Hendrix gin along with fever tree tonic water. So that mm. might be on the agenda for later. Wow. Well, I think you're going to deserve it by the time we're done with you. And thank you so much. It sounds interesting. Tell me just a little bit. Serendy, you and I talked about it on our call the other day. It's an echo community. How big is the community and and how long has it been there? The community has been here for 10 years. It's a it's a thousand acres and 70 percent of the land in the community is in permanent green space. And all the homes here are built to a high energy standard. I went a little further with mine. It's what they call an Earthcraft Platinum home. So uh, it means I have very low energy usage and very good air quality, which was important to me. Thank you very much. And you do some farming there right on the community, right? We do. We have our own organic garden, and we have a farmer's market every Saturday. If you want fresh uh, vegetables, you can just go down the road, and actually there are places where you can go and get pretty much everything you else, everything else you need in the larger city of Chattahoochee Hills. 
Thank you very much. I think we're all going to fly down and have dinner with you tonight. I think Lorraine and Brian will agree that sounds like an ideal thing to do. So you know what? I'm drinking cool, clear water in a cool, clear cup with a cool, clear straw because I don't need the pink straw because the sun is already shining. That's usually my weather good luck charm. What can I tell you? You are all listening to our brand new series, Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. We have a very special panel for this debut show today, Lorraine Maurice at SAP. We have Brian. Brian Moran at Brian Moran, let's get this right, and Associates. And we also have Steve Knapp, the founder of Knapp Communications, KNAPP. We're going to take a quick break, which my panel certainly deserves. We're going to collect our thoughts. And when we come back, we're going to continue in our roundtable segment exploring this very important topic, the digital path. Focus on your buyer's journey. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We will be right back. Justin, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Studies have shown that buyers in today's digital economy are spending more time online than ever before, discovering and researching products and services. As a result, it is critical for businesses like yours to learn how to locate and engage with prospects and customers in this digital space. Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers explores the impact of changing digital economy on small to medium-sized businesses. We'll define the challenges SMEs face to proactively connect with buyers on their digital journey and share proven strategies to put into action to be successful. Tune in to hear the experiences and insights of top sales and marketing thought leaders and practitioners as they discuss how the digital economy is reshaping the SME business world. Think Big, Work Small, presented by SAP, every Thursday on the Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Think Big, Work Small with Game Changers. There we are. Just as the man said, we're back. This is our debut edition, and we're very happy to be here. Our topic today is a very important one, the digital path. Focus on your buyer's journey. It's a journey unlike any other, I believe, in the history of selling, in the history of buying. Well, we're going to talk more about it right now on the do's and don'ts and help you get your business where it needs to be. Lorraine Maurice, our sponsor and our first panelist, has sent me the following information in her notes. Great place to start our conversation. Lorraine says, a salesperson is still your most precious resource, even in this time of online buying. And then she says, as a business owner, you need to ensure your salespeople are prepared with the right information, the right skills, the right tools to succeed in converting today's empowered consumer into a customer. Lorraine, please expand this, and then we will invite Brian and Steve to join the conversation. Go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. In the buyer's journey, and when you look at the graphs and you read the information about how this empowered buyer is gathering information, 
sometimes the salesperson seems to get left out of the equation. And statistically, when we talk about anywhere from 60 to 90% of buyers making their decisions from online, where does that leave the salesperson? And that's not exactly true or what that statistic means. What it really means is that marketing needs to provide air cover for the sales organization. They need to start the conversation so the salesperson has something to grab onto and finish. So I really want to drive home the point that your salespeople are really your best asset and resource, and they're supported in this new digital world by marketing, by content. And so it's really important that they are aligned together so that the message that you're delivering um, on your brand to the end user customer is consistent, it's efficient, and it meets that buyer however they're gathering their information and doing their homework. So it, it makes that sale a little bit easier. Lorraine, before I invite Brian and Stephen, I have a question for you. In terms of the people in the selling profession, are we looking at this being something easier for a millennial or somebody a little bit, just a little bit older to grasp that they need to understand multi-channel paths, that the buyer could come in from anywhere? I mentioned this in my opening. Is this something that would be more suitable or easy to, easier to put into the brain and the heart and the mindset of a person in a certain part of the demographic, and we know we have five generations working literally side-by-side in most companies now. So, Lorraine, just a comment on that before we go on with the other panelists' thoughts. Look, at the end of the day, the millennials, this is what they grew up with. This is what they know. I don't think some of them even own a pen. It's all done electronically. However, what I know about salespeople, and having been one myself, is that we're after um, creating the revenue and doing that through good customer service. So it's really everybody's job to be social and digital. And so even though it may be a challenge, and I think it's a challenge not only for the salesperson, but the small business to get on board with this new buyer's journey and being more digitally and socially active, it's critical. And so as part of being critical to the business and the end goal, I think they'll jump on board even though it's a little bit out of their uh, age range. Out of their comfort zone. Okay, thank you, Lorraine. Brian Moran, love to get your POV on this, please. So I, I was born a salesman, uh, I think. That, that was my calling in life, not to play first base for the New York Mets, but to figure out how to sell stuff to people. And so what I would say is it really depends on the product or service that you're selling. Uh, in today's digital age, automation is the key to successful sales and that that is really aligned more towards the simpler sales cycle versus a more complex sales cycle so when if you're going to be buying SAP software obviously that's more complex and so it's imperative to keep the salesperson involved in the process but if you're a small business owner and you are selling t-shirts or you're selling landscaping services or you're selling, you know, whatever it is you're selling, um, you need to think about making it easier for the buyer to, to, to buy your product. And so automation is key. Um, so, you, you know, I think I, I know what Lorraine is saying, but I wanted to make sure I got in that differentiation in, in that, you know, it, it's, there's a big difference between complex sales and simple sales. 
Mm, thank you. Let's get Mr. Steve Knapp's point of view. We have a little bit of divergent opinion here. Steve, I'm not going to ask you to choose, but what's your? what do you think? <laughs> well, obviously, I, I agree with uh, Brian and Lorraine, but... <laughs> Uh, well, I, that's I was, politically correct. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. But, but actually, they both make good points. And uh, I, what I would, I guess what I would add to that is uh, the kind of the basic job of a salesperson hasn't really changed, and that's to build a relationship with uh, prospects and customers. And that relationship will, in turn, uh, lead to sales, at least we hope. But and when you're applying digital to that in the digital journey, I think as a, say, if you're a, a smaller company, then you have to, excuse me, you have to kind of decide how to apply your resources because you can't do everything. You can't be in all places. You may not even want to be in, on all platforms. So it's important to decide how to focus your efforts and then uh, then that will help the salespeople as well. They won't be asked, say, as part of this digital journey to take on more than is absolutely necessary since their job's already pretty hard. Thank you very much. Lorraine, this was your opening topic. Let me circle back to you and ask you to talk about what your co-panelists just shared. Thoughts? No, I, I think that I, I, I probably agree with both of us as well, and I think Steve summarized it as well. But truly, it's about creating a trusted relationship. And I think in a complex sale, you probably have more marketing overlay than in a simple sale. However, in a simple sale, it's it's critical that the the messaging along that customer life cycle and across that buyer's journey is is resident at, at all times and in all formats. And so... I do agree with Brian that there are differences, but I think he would agree in summary that the social aspect and being online is critical with the right content, whether it is a more complex sale or a simple sale. Thank you, Brian. Anything you want to comment on what Lorraine added? I'd be interested in that. Yeah, she's 100% correct that the conversations are taking place online now and that if your business is not engaging with your customers and your prospects online, then you are giving up, you know, uh, really rich territory to your competition. You're allowing your competitors to take over conversations with your customers and with your prospects. So regardless of what you sell, you need to be doing it online. You need to be engaged in these conversations. You can run and you can't hide. You can't run, you can't hide. You can go as far as you want, but it's still going to be there and it's just going to continue. I think we accept that. Thank you. Steve, anything you want to quickly add since uh, we went around the table a little bit and didn't get back to you? Anything you want to contribute more to this topic before I move on? Well, real quick, and I I would suggest that any uh, conversation you're having online needs to be authentic and something you can really embrace. And, uh, I, you know, I talk to clients often who want to do social, and that's something we always have to make sure they're comfortable with, that whatever messaging we're adopting. Thank you very much. I'm going to move to Brian Moran's notes. I found some couple of gems here. I just tweeted, by the way, Brian, you quoted John Legend, the future started yesterday and we're already mm-hmm. late. I think that could have been your opening quote as well. Very, very good one. But let me move to, to uh, the, inf- the, the, 
the planning and strategy, you call it. Now more than ever, success starts with planning and strategy. Let's call this the, the structure or the foundation. And Brian adds, 20 years ago, you could, quote, fake it till you make it, unquote. Today, technology no longer allows that approach to work. And Brian warns, you will get caught. Brian, why don't you unravel this for us, and then we'll ask Steve and Lorraine to join us. Well, I, I think for businesses, you know, I, I've been involved in the small and mid-sized business market for about 27 years now, mostly in publishing magazines and newspapers for, for business owners. And the one area that I find that really separates the winners from the losers is having a plan, having a strategic plan, plan on where you want to take your business. And again, years ago, business owners could get away with it. You know, they could get away with flying by the seat of their pants. And, you know, that was very charismatic. And you were very entrepreneurial if you, if you did that. You know, you went with your gut. That just, that's no longer applicable because you will hit a, a pothole or, you know, a detour or somewhere along the line that's going to interrupt your business. And, and, you know, Technology has really called out the, the fakers on, on, on not having business plans. So what I'm, what I'm trying to emphasize there is if you, if you really want to be in business and you want to take your business to the next level, you need to know where that next level is. You need to know how you're going to get there, and you need to try and determine what obstacles stand between you and achieving your goals. How hard is it to do that, Brian? Sounds like a lot of work. We're talking about small businesses. How do you know where you want to get achieving your goals? It's a big place out there. New companies are coming into the marketplace. Is there any such thing as a unique business? Anything such thing as a unique product or service anymore? I watch Shark Tank and and the shark saying, well, it sounds like a great idea, but I already own 15 companies in that space and you're just an add-on and me too and didn't you check the competition? So just a little more from you before we get Steve talking in here. Sure. And you bring up a gr- two great points, and I'll, I'll, I'll answer both of them. Uh, the first is don't go it alone. You know, that's why you have a board of advisors or even a board of directors. You have people who can see things that you don't see, right? So you take your business up to that 20,000-foot level with your lawyer, your accountant, your top salesperson, uh, partners, vendors, and you, and you discuss where you want to go with your business. And they can see things that you don't see because they have a unique perspective. So that's also imperative. One, have a plan. Two, have at least a board of advisors, if not a board of directors. And then, are there any unique companies? Well, you know, people would say that things like Uber and Airbnb were unique, right, in, in that they mm-hmm. developed categories. I have a, a, a client of mine, PexCard, that has a corporate prepaid debit card. They're inventing a category right now. But you don't need to be unique in order to be successful. What you do need to do is you need to execute violently. You need to be absolutely the best at executing on your product and service in order to be successful. Wow, you don't need to be unique to be successful. Let's just leave that one. I'm going to tweet that because... I think that's a very important observation. Thank you, Brian. Steve Knapp, love to get your thoughts on this. Any part of anything Brian shared with us? Go ahead, Steve. Well, I think Brian's absolutely right that you have to have a plan, but uh, I, I guess what I would add to that is uh, Steven Tyler reminds us we can't know what tomorrow brings. So as you have that uh, 
as you have that plan and you're, and you're executing on it and you're following it, you need to be open to modifying it and doing course corrections. And uh, particularly in this environment where everything changes very quickly and your opportunity to maybe shift a bit and regain your momentum, that may not be uh, something that's, um, that's going to last very long. So it's, don't, uh, if I was going to, uh, to give any kind of advice is, yeah, I have a plan, but don't be locked into it 100% because mm-hmm. that's just not practical. I, I've seen that in a couple instances where people are really wedded to whatever the process or strategy it is that they're following. Well, things change, and they're just very reluctant for a variety of reasons to, to maybe make a course correction or even go in a completely different direction. Thank you very much, Steve. Very, very good point. So agility, is that the word we're talking about? Flexibility, agility, willingness to keep your eyes open and wake up with a fresh point of view and a fresh outlook every day? Are those the, the keys there, Steve? Uh, absolutely. And at the same time, you, you don't want to overreact to everything that, uh, every uh, little uh, event that comes along. But you, you do want to kind of look at your, your industry, look at your customer base, uh, look at the wider economy, see what's going on, and, and let that uh, inform the decisions you make. Thank you very much. At the wider economy, I like that. Lorraine, talk to us. A lot of interesting thoughts here. Actually, fabulous thoughts. And, and I have four points, but I'll start with the first one, which Steve just ended with. And I think it's about also knowing your buyer. So I think that you have to be aware and you have to have a plan. But I think if it's one thing that this new buyer's journey and the digital economy has shown us, is to know the buyer and how they want to be treated and how they make their decisions. And I sit on the board of a small business, and here's a great example of a business that 10 years ago got clients through postcard direct mail, and it was extremely effective, and it's from a business-to-consumer environment, and it worked really well in getting that new business. However, with the change of pace, this particular company has now had to use digital and social um, to make things happen. They needed to be doing blogging. They needed to have a better website. They needed to um, be tweeting. So they needed to get their message out to where their, ne- their next, where their buyer was and where their buyer was going to make decisions. So I really think it's important as part of the agility that we just talked about in having a plan is to trend in what your buyer's doing. And I use the word trend on purpose. It's not to follow a fad. It's to literally watch the market position and how selling is happening and how selling is happening in your particular environment. And I think that's where it really becomes important. That was very interesting, Lorraine. You said trending is not to follow a fad. And why don't you finish that thought for me so I can get my tweet out here? It's to see, see where the market is going? The market is going and how your buyer is making their decisions, how and where your buyer is making their decisions. Thank you very much. I like that. Okay. Brian Moran, let's get you in on this because we started around the table on this part of the conversation with you. Some really good points added by Steve Knapp and Lorraine Maurice. What do you think, Brian? I I love it all. And if I were a business owner, and I am, they would both be on my board of advisors because that's the kind of angles and thinking that a good 
successful business needs. They need to challenge you on the plan that you've created. You know, uh, everything we do is a means to an end in business. So you have that goal. I always say to my clients, if I'm sitting with you on December 31st of 2016, the first question I'm going to ask you is, did you achieve your goal, your strategic goal, which is specific, measurable, hopefully attainable. Maybe it's a revenue goal or it's new customers or it's increased market share, but you need to tell me, did you win or did you lose? And what I will tell you is then I would look at your operational plan, or I like to call it a GPS plan, which is what Steve and Lorraine were talking about. And that was mm-hmm. where you started out at the beginning of the year and, and how you ended up on December 31st of that year. And we'd look at it, we'd note all of the changes. Oh, you thought you were going to get this much from your existing customers, but you lost a big one. So you had to make it up in new business. Oh, and you tried you know, social media, and so we're able to point to different social platforms that you used, and, and we can point to social sales from, from mm-hmm. social media. And so we would identify it, and, and I call that a GPS plan because everybody who uses their GPS knows that it's taking them to a destination that they may not know how to get there but they trust the GPS plan. You need to do the same thing with your business plan. It, sh- it should be a living, breathing document. One other quick point too, and, and yes. Lorraine made it, about you know trending, and watching trends, knowing the buyer, and, and a lot of that is caught up in this collective big data that we talk about. And the, 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 the critical part of, of the, the information that is now coming into small business owners is you need to look at it and you need to say, is this going to help me achieve my goals? If I incorporate this data and maybe it pivots my business, is it pivoting me closer to where I want to be? Because a lot of times data can just take you on a dead end. Or if you don't really have all of the information you need, it's going to take you on a wild goose chase. And that's really where your board of advisors or your other eyes and ears can help you and say, Hmm, I know the data is telling us this, but maybe it's incomplete or it's just not accurate. Maybe it's an aberration, and I think we need to stay on the path that we've chosen. Thank you, Brian. Very interesting. Uh, Lorraine, we could almost position this debut episode as a how-to, a to-do, not-to-do what to do, what to spend your time on. I, I think we're getting some wonderful words of wisdom. Do you agree, Lorraine? It's almost like a I handbook. Agree. It and really you- is. And it, it, it really is. And I think people would say, this is fabulous. It may not be rock and science, but what it is <laughs> is a guideline to the transition. And There you go. A guideline to the transition. I, I would agree completely. It's definitely a how-to. Now, guess what? We're going to continue the how-to because, Steve Knapp, I'm looking at the notes you sent me before the show, and with your permission, I'm going to read four main topics that together become a handbook on how to be heard. May I read these, Steve, and then you'll comment? Is that okay? Yes, please do. Okay, number one, Steve says, the challenge with digital, we're talking about the economy, we're talking about the world, the buyer's journey, the challenge with digital is making yourself heard. Everybody is doing it. That's number one. 
Number two, and now we're getting into a real POV, a point of view from Steve Knapp. He says, most digital content is too vanilla to make an impact. It's mostly blah, 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 buy from me. That's number two. You know who you are if you're guilty of this. Number three, engaging content is a little opinionated and sometimes provocative. I think he's now heading us in the please do this and not to do that direction. And number four, Steve says participation in digital is required, but you don't have to dive into everything. Steve Knapp, these are great. So you want to uh, slice and dice and dissect this or any of these you want to pick apart and talk about? Well, let me kind of work my way down the list, I guess. Mm-hmm. And, and sure. uh, this is all drawn kind of, kind of from my own experiences working with clients and generating content for them because, uh, you know, content is king mm-hmm. and everybody wants it. But it's, um, it's, often, it, it's often something that is um, challenging if you're a business owner to think about, and, and that is... Uh, if I'm supposed to be doing digital, what can I say that will will actually have um, some impact on the people I'm trying to reach? And and so I think what it's what's useful there is to put yourself in that uh, potential reader's shoes and think about what is it that you can say that would be useful to them and also get their attention. And uh, sometimes when you're trying to decide what that is. It may not be. Uh, it may not be a topic that uh, is uh, completely uh, safe to you. Safe in the sense that someone's not going to challenge you, maybe on your on your advice or your conclusions. But uh, I think if you're confident in what you have to say, then then you should move forward. And if you can support your point of view, then you should feel that it's okay. Um, but I guess the other side of that is you're not really looking to go out of your way to pick a fight with anybody. But, but if you want to be heard on these social media platforms, then you've got to put something out there that, uh, that will get people thinking. And that too often is what's missing in, in kind of B2B type content. So it's important to always do that, uh, you know, not to really just try, not to fill a space so you can have an excuse to have a call to action or make a pitch because everybody sees through that and they're not going to uh, they're not going to follow you they're not going to use you as an advisor so uh, and kind of my last point there was not worrying about diving into everything unless you're a large organization it's it's virtually impossible to cover all the social kind of social media activities that are out there. So think about where your customers uh, live or where they go when they're, when they're engaged in, uh, in social media, and you go there too. That's, that's kind of what I do. I focus my energies very much on LinkedIn because that's where there is value for me. And uh, so I ask everyone to think, think through that kind of uh, conversation with themselves and decide what makes the most sense.
Thank you, Steve. Very, very interesting. Lorraine, thoughts on everything from the difficulty, the challenge of making yourself heard to uh, most content is too vanilla, blah, blah, blah. And I love the one, <laughs> engaging content is a little opinionated, sometimes provocative. I think he's going a little easy on the uh, the gas pedal on these. Lorraine, why don't we talk about that one? Engaging content is a little opinionated and sometimes provocative. What do you agree or disagree? So I'm glad you called on me. I was like biting at the biting to get in. So oh, you can jump in any time. Go ahead. <laughs> so before I go to provocative, I'd like to actually talk about a word he used, which was value. So you can put content out, but if it doesn't provide value to somebody, you're wasting everybody's time. Because if it's valuable, it then to deca- then does something which you're trying to do, which is cause some digital disruption and get some people to look and focus on what you're truly having to say. But really it turns into meeting the expectation of the buyer. And that happens through value. Now, when you're being provocative, you're going to get somebody's attention, but unless it provides value and unless it's authentic, it's only going to go so far. So I think the Steve's overall point is ensuring that the content is on target to meet your audience, and that's really what the priority is. Mm, interesting. Brian Moran, love to have your agree or disagree with Lorraine and Steve, too. We have a lot to talk about. Yeah, totally agree with Lorraine in in what she's talking about, about being authentic and bringing value to the people you're trying to reach. You, you know, you take content and you can slice it up into a couple of different areas. You know, there's the nuggets that you provide that, you know, allow people to take action on your information immediately. Maybe if it's a B2B, you know, uh, content piece, they can, they can take these action items and put them immediately into their business. Then there's kind of that big picture content. You know, and again, I, I'm, I'm focused a lot on my uh, B2B world, but even in a B2C world, and, and I'll give you an example. You know, my mm-hmm. brother's a contractor and I'm telling him, you should provide tips for people who, you know, like seasonal tips. All right, we're coming into the spring. Here are 10 things you should do around your house. That's great information that mm-hmm. they, can, they can put into play today. And they could make their house, you know, more efficient, more productive, whatever, you know, like, uh, um, and they don't have like a bigger problem coming down the line. Uh, but you can also provide them with information that allows them to think out. So that's, that's kind of, when I think of, content that's how i look at it and and but to lorraine's point it has to bring value because there's so much content so how do you rise above the noise level you do it by being authentic by being sincere and by being genuinely interested in helping other people that's the key. And, and you know what, Brian, I've heard that many times that in networking, it's not about here I am, here's my business card. If you need anything, call me. It's here's my business card. Here I am. How can I help you? What can I do for you? How can I help you with your business? Is that the right, still the right way to go with, with just plain straight on if you have to go in a room and, and make real guy contact and shake hands? Is that still the way to do it, Brian? No. No. And I'll tell, and I'll tell you why. Tell me why. I, I get so many people who say, how can I help you? Okay. How, how can I help you? And you know what I always say to them? I'm good right now. Because <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to go into where ah. I need help. I don't, okay. I don't have the time to tell you how you may or may not be able to help me. And I'm not even sure that it's genuine. 
What I'd rather see is Probably somebody isn't. says, yes. oh, I noticed that you're struggling with this. Can I help you with this, you know, something specific? Like, don't tell me in general, how, how can I help you? Give me a specific, you know, lighten my load it, it, somehow, you, you know, say, hey, I can help you with this if you're interested. Th- that would get my attention. Very interesting. Okay, I sit corrected, and thank you. I I think this goes back to something that we just read from Steve's notes. He says uh, everybody's doing it, right? It's become the mantra. It's become the de rigueur thing you have to say, and the authenticity, Lorraine has brought up that word several times, is gone. Steve, I want to go back to one more thing. Uh, How opinionated, how provocative. Let's talk about that because everybody knows, as you said so well, content is king. It has been. It will be. That's not going to change. How far out on that ledge do you go? Is it a business opinion? Is it a political opinion? Is it a cultural opinion? Where do you take it that will be provocative enough to capture attention without having people say, oh, MG, I'm never going to buy it from him? How do you do that? Uh, you do it carefully, I think. Is mm-hmm. uh, well, really, what you if you're addressing a business audience, then I think your your topics should be business focused. I mean, leave, leave your your personal crusades for your your own life, your personal life, and um, but you know, in terms of being provocative, you can you can do that often. Just say with a subject line or a headline where you challenge the conventional thinking. Uh, for, I, I was thinking of an example while, while Brian was talking, and there's been a lot in the news lately about quantum computing. And, I could, and I've written some about that, and I think you could do a topic where you wrote something like quantum computing is about to change the face of analytics dash, dash, or maybe not, and then you could go into why. And, uh, you know, some people might agree with your analysis or they might disagree with you, but I think that's the kind of topic where you can show people you're, you're kind of up with uh, current developments, things that are on the horizon, and you've formed an opinion, and it's based in something that is, uh, you can back up. Thank you very much. And I have to back up because, Lorraine, you know what? We're in the crystal ball predictions round, and I want to make sure you each get one minute because that's all we have left. Lorraine, you have already topic for show number two in case you were wondering what to do two weeks from today. So very interesting. This is just a a tipping point into a very, very deep topic. Lorraine Maurice, I love the year 2020. I don't know how you feel about it, but look into that. Think big, work small crystal ball and tell me what you see at some point in the future that's going to change about this conversation on the digital path focus on your buyer's journey 60 seconds predictions Lorraine go I think it's a perfect transition from the conversation it's really about being a trusted advisor to your customer by knowing them and supporting them in the way they need it so whether it's the continuation of your customer's journey or finding a net new customer, it's all about creating yourself as their trusted advisor and being bringing value to them where and when they need it. And in 2020, that's not going to be the same place. And so I have to tell you, as much as I'm looking in that crystal ball, I'm also looking back, and it remains the same. You need to keep your customer relationships healthy, happy, and on target. 
and stop telling them that you're go- what can you do to help <laughs> exactly you bring, there's, you there's bring a, them the value yeah. there's a nod to Brian Brian you're up 60 seconds predictions what's going to change how far in the future can you see Brian so you know I, I think it's we, we've already started on the journey of personalization right the economy of one and giving you exactly what you want where you want it how you want it and uh, what I see is, you know, it's, it's the weapon of choice is going to be the smartphone. And mm-hmm. it's going to allow for personalization, mobile, and video. So those are the key elements that marketers need to focus on. And because you're going to try and hit a moving target. You know, people are going to be able to buy products and services on the gro- go and in real time. You know, you can make them offers that they can respond to immediately. So that's, that's where we're headed. And if you're a smart marketer, you've already started down that path. Wow. Weapon of choice is the smartphone. Very interesting. Repersonalization. You know what I'm doing right now. Thank you. Steve Knapp, I can give you exactly 60 seconds. Let's make it 45. Quick prediction. Steve, what do you okay. say? Real quick, if I was any good at this, I would have bought Apple at $10 a share. But still, <laughs> uh, I think where will we, what we'll be talking about in, in a few years is how to optimize our AI to drive our digital campaigns. I think, I think the humans will be less and less in the equation, but that's where, where I think it's going. Thank you very much. Lorraine, I think this was a splendid way to kick off your new series. I'm very excited. I'm speaking to Lorraine Maurice at SAP, and she asked Brian Moran and Steve Knapp to join her, and I want to say bravo to the three of you. Wonderful panel, great discussion. We've been talking about the digital path Focus on your buyer's journey. Lorraine, Thirty sec- two seconds. What's next time's topic? Quickly. Do you know? I'm hoping you can help. However, I do know that we're going to continue the conversation on the how-tos for small business and uh, talk about great content, great social, and tools and resources. Terrific. And as our, as uh, to our listeners, you all know we have a series called Social Selling with Game Changers, sponsored by Kirsten Boyleau at SAP. You might want to check that out, too, because a little overlap here, and you can learn a ton. Thank you, Lorraine. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, Steve. Wonderful panel. Thank you for being so forthcoming. Justin and the Business Channel team, thanks for getting us on the air. So excited. Everyone, the podcast of the show will be available in about two hours. And just go to the Business Channel and look for Think Big, Work Small, and find us. Here's my call to action. Fasten your seat belt what are you waiting for go out and be a game changer today we all are you can be too bye bye thanks again for tuning in to think big work small with game changers presented by sap the best run businesses run sap to keep the conversation going tweet your questions and comments to twitter hashtag sapradio Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Thursdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.